Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Welcome to Paradise, Hoops fans. I'm Justin Michael. I'm with my main man, Henry Chisholm. We are talking about the Paradise Jam, an eight-tournament field down in the, or an eight-team tournament, excuse me, down in the Virgin Islands. We are dressed for Paradise, even though it is freezing. Um, paradise is a mindset, though, right, Hank? And I think that's what we're manifesting here. Good vibes, good basketball. It's going to be a really fun weekend, and I'm looking forward to going live with you throughout it all. Oh, yeah. I was uh, I was pretty shocked today. It's been consistently like 70 degrees. Like th- Even though it's the middle of November, it's consistently been 70 degrees. I go outside dressed like this, and it's 30. It was terrible. But uh, at least mentally, we are in paradise. We got some seltzers. I found somebody had some mango juice. So that's out here on the table. And uh, basically for the next four or five days, we're just going to have some good vibes here. Uh, what we're we're going live today? Uh, we'll we'll go live again probably Friday night, again on Sunday, and then the championship for Paradise Jam is on Monday. So we're just gonna be here hanging out through this whole tournament, and hopefully you guys will be hanging out with us. I think the important thing to remember is at least I mean, unless you're tuned in live, which I hope you are, nobody in person other than our DNVR colleagues are being assaulted by my white thighs right now. <laughs> they definitely should not be making an appearance in November. Yep. I'm breaking every fashion rule, but you know. That's that's what you do for for these weird early season tournaments. It's, it's all about the quirkiness and the wackiness, and you just got to lean in. Yeah, we've got that part covered. <laughs> we've got that part covered for sure. This is gonna be a lot of fun, though. Uh, what I, I spent probably like four hours today just going through and reading about all these teams, everything that I could find, and you forget just how weird college basketball is. Like, there's one team that has like ten of its top twelve scorers from last year gone. There's a really good team that's missing all its starters. There's like one team has like the national JUCO player of the year from last year. There's just a whole bunch of that weird stuff that happens. There's one team with two guys from the Netherlands. And it's it's <laughs> going to be kind of fun just to run through all these teams and watch this tournament. Hopefully make some money betting. And you've got another team, I mean, that didn't even play last year. Brown, obviously, an yeah. Ivy League school. It's a really interesting field. I think there's a nice balance of talent but also it's it's fairly level i mean some of the times you get these tournaments and you look at it and it's like oh man chalk 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 mm-hmm. none of these other teams have a chance i think there's some upset potential here and we're going to dive through all the teams then we'll dive to the matchups fill out a bracket 
all that fun stuff. With that in mind, just briefly, if you're in the Mountain Time Zone, Friday we've got the first game of the day, CSU versus Bradley. That kicks off at 11 a.m. Then you've got Brown and Creighton at 1.15, Northeastern and Duquesne at 3.45, and then CU and Southern Illinois closing out the night at 6 p.m. again. We'll be live Friday night. It's going to be a later show after the DNVR Nuggets post game. Uh, we're actually going to make an appearance on the DNVR Nuggets post game. Going to be a first time for me. Yeah, well, what do they say on the radio show? A long time listener, first time caller. Yes. Yeah, that's going to yeah. be me. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's start to dive into some of these team zones. Just kind of briefly set the scene with them. Give you know their strengths, their weaknesses, all of that fun stuff. And uh, our first team, I think it probably just makes sense to go and. and Lot, the order Bracket that they're order. playing in yeah yeah and uh, let's start with bradley who colorado state is taking on they're one and two currently ranked 198th in ken palm the thing that i like about bradley they've got multiple scoring options you know they're not necessarily top heavy and they're really physical you know i i think mm-hmm. they can really like challenge csu in the paint here that's where i'm gonna be interested to kind of see how it matches up you know the metrics actually say that they're not a great defensive team Watching them, I was somewhat impressed with their defensive, you know, acumen. So I, sometimes the numbers can be a little bit deceiving. Mm-hmm. What what jumps out to you about this Bradley team aside from Rick Mass, one of their two Polish players? I, th- I think they're from the Netherlands. Netherlands. I think those guys are. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, there's I some other ones. There's a lot of different people from a lot of different <laughs> places in this tournament. Um, but yeah, I I think that you're totally right on. I think that the defense probably is underrated, especially like it's a I think a tougher matchup for CSU. Not necessarily meaning that they should beat CSU, but just because they're so long. And and I think that that's the one thing when you look at CSU that at least I would be most concerned about. I'm not sure how you feel about that. But then offensively, I think that, what, they lost three of their top four scorers from last year. And you look at how the season's gone so far. There's like four guys averaging like 10 to 12 points. There's a couple right below them. They, that's just what's missing. They're just missing that one or two guys who can go out there and score a bunch of points. And, and that's holding them back, and that's why I, I don't think they're going to beat Colorado State. Yeah, they're just they're a little bit inconsistent offensively. They're physical. They've got some size that can kind of bang with you in the post, but mm-hmm. they're not a great you know jump-shooting team. And you know, you're going up against CSU, and we can pull up their graphics here. They're one of the more efficient offenses in the entire country right now. Three-point yeah. shooting, field goal percentage, um, high-quality shots. They do it all. Ken Palm really loves the efficiency of CSU and I mean anybody that's watched them that's easy to see I I just love the the offensive firepower that the Rams bring to the table you know they yep they do have guys like David Roddy and Isaiah Stevens and they had John Tanjay go for 30 in the opener that can you know be that one man that you lean on that can go out and get you buckets at any given time Mm -hmm. but they've got like six dudes that you can count on to potentially go for 20 a night and I just I don't see how Bradley keeps up with CSU offensively. Yeah, I agree. I think I think if you're looking for a reason to to say Bradley's going to win, I know we've got some CU fans out there who are hoping Bradley's going to win this one. I think you can just say that last year was such chaos that it kind of maybe tanked Bradley a little bit. They they'd won like 20 plus games in three seasons in a row. Went 12 and 16 last year. A few other guys got suspended. They had some bad injuries. There was like an 18 day COVID gap where then they were just terrible the and rest of the way after. Tough. Like, how do you judge a team? Because it's, exactly. you're losing practices, you're losing valuable game reps. And mm-hmm. then even on top of that, after you come back, it takes, you know, a week or two or two to, you know, kind of get back in rhythm. CSU, after their COVID pause last year, had a game against St. Mary's where neither team scored 60. And it was one of the, <laughs> the most ugly basketball <laughs> games I've seen. The Rams rattled off, I believe it was 11 straight wins after yep. that. 
I'm glad you brought up the COVID pauses. We'll we'll keep talking about this matchup a little bit, but let's let's keep the the preview rolling and dive into Creighton. They're an interesting team. I think Creighton yeah. is one of those mid majors that they're respected on a national level. The thing with this team is it's just so many new faces. It was really tough to to kind of forecast coming in. They are three and zero impressively. Ryan Nemhart here, freshman guard. This guy's a stud, man. He he creates offense for his entire team. He's got in-the-gym type range. Creighton actually, surprisingly, has not been a great three-point team shooting this year. And some of it is just like they put a lot of them up and, yep. and they haven't fallen yet. So are they actually a bad three-point shooting team or just, you know, have they not made them yet? And that win over Nebraska the other night, they got hot. What stands out to me is just their size. They've got really talented front court. A couple of different guys that I think, you know, if, if CSU or CU goes up against them could be a little bit challenging mm-hmm. in the post. What jumped out to you about this Creighton team? And just how much is different. And you you brought up Nemhart. I think that that's a, a great player to emphasize in this matchup. He's one of four top 100 recruits in this class. I think the number eight recruiting class in the country. Um, and they needed it. They lost all five starters. They lost everybody who'd scored at least six point points per game last year. And again, it's just one of these programs in flux where so far, what, they're, they're 3-0. and They had a good win last night at Nebraska. It's a close game, though. And so where exactly are they? It's tough to say, but it's Creighton. They've won 20 games, six seasons in a row, 10 of the last 11, 21 of the last 23. They're going to be just fine. The question is whether them. they'll slip up because they're so young. That's a good point. And, I mean... This matchup against Brown, deceptively, I think, may be one of the, the tougher draws you could get. Brown, obviously, in the Ivy League, they're really tough. You know, you don't have very much film to go off. They didn't play it mm-hmm. after last year. It was, you know, 300-plus days, close to 600 days in between their in their games. Like, that's tough from a, from a yep. scouting standpoint. They were beating North Carolina in the second half of that game, you know, last week. It was, it was competitive. They've got talented guards. They can, they can score. And the thing that I really liked about them... They were hanging with with North Carolina, and they weren't doing anything gimmicky. You know, it wasn't a bunch of like weird zones or anything like that. They're playing man defense. They're aggressive. They're getting in the face, and you know, I'm, we'll get into it a little bit more. But I I would have our eyes for a potential upset in this one. I think everybody mm-hmm. is going to be all in on Creighton because you know they are the established brand. Like you said, yep. they win twenty games a year. Early in the season, though, weird stuff could happen, and, and especially on a neutral court. Maybe upset potential. Mm-hmm. Just to play devil's advocate on that one, um, you know, you, Brown. Yes, they were close to UNC. Again, North Carolina all last year just overrated consistently. So far this year, you know, obviously, you, you all that matters is winning the games. But you know, it's a seven-point win over Brown, and then a couple days later, it's uh, they gave up eighty-three points to the College of Charleston. Um, Charleston's good, really. They're, yeah, Charleston okay. sneaky. They just beat a, they just upset a D one team yesterday too. So they've got okay. sneaky potential. But again, you know, if you're UNC, I get it. You can't be, you can't be sneaking past exactly. Charleston. And they're gonna get the, what? They're seventeenth in the country or something because of the 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 brand that they have. Uh, I don't know. I'll I'll give Brown some points for that game, but I'm not I'm not gonna overweight it. <laughs> you know, the thing with with North Carolina, they're in the difficult position of having to follow up a legend, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, anytime yeah. you have one of the best coaches of all time leave you, it's it's going to put you in a weird position. We're kind of in wait-and-see mode, but the fact that Brown was able to go to their court 
hang with him all game and really just sure. kind of didn't have the firepower to outlast him. It, it was significant to me. And they didn't have their best player. They've, they've been missing their best player, six foot five forward. Um, and I, I guess there's not much of a brown basketball media community. I wasn't able to figure out whether he's going to be back, but he did miss the last three games. I know, they kept talking about it on the broadcast. They're like, missing their best player. And it's like, yeah. okay, well, is it is he coming back? Is it serious? I, I tried to Google exactly. it. No press releases, no nothing. Exactly. They do have Keno Lilly Jr., though, mm-hmm. and this dude's got in-the-gym type range. He had a couple of step backs on that North Carolina game where – it's one of those where it's like, no, no, no. Oh, he cashed it with a hand in his face. I have no idea what he did. If he can get hot, you know, I, I like Brown's chances to at least keep it close. But we'll keep it rolling. Like I said, we'll, we can talk about this more when we fill yeah. out our brackets later on in the show. God, I'm so cold in this swimsuit. All right. <laughs> Northeastern playing Duquesne. And this game, Ken Palm actually bl- thinks it's the closest matchup in terms of like its mm. winning percentage. They have... Northeastern with a 53% chance to win the game, 64 to 63, the projected score. Both of these teams are one and two. Neither of them are very impressive. Neither of them have been very efficient. Um, let's just kind of, this is definitely like the most lackluster matchup definitely. there is, but well, let's talk about Northeastern first because they're a team that I have a little bit more confidence in, currently ranked 178th in Ken Palm. But I just. I have a hard time like getting a read on these teams. It's, I, I only watched him one time. I do like Chris Doherty. He's probably their best mm-hmm. player, but mm-hmm. I mean, does anything really stand out about either of these teams to you? I mean, so Northeastern, what they, the one win was against Boston university, 49 to 48. I think a score of 49 to 48 is always going to stand out. Um, you know, it, we're going to see what happens. You know, they're, they're, they're super versatile. That's all their players are like... CSU scored. Like, if you took both those scores, that's less than CSU scored <laughs> in their opener. It's crazy. That is crazy. But yeah, they, they, they shoot more threes than anybody basically in the country. They chase guys off the three-point line. Um, the, they've got a bunch of those guys who are like 6'4", 6'5", 6'6". They can play whatever position you want. So they have a potential to get kind of long. I don't think... They have any like actual big man to go along with that though? No, but they're actually they are pretty good in the post though. Even though like they're not necessarily the biggest team Crafty. in the world. Yeah, they're yeah skilled guys. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I, I'm pretty sure it's a pretty veteran team. You know, they're to me probably the worst team that's at Paradise Jam. But you know they they shoot a lot of threes and who knows maybe they go in. That's the thing about both these teams is just neither of them is efficient. Mm-hmm. Like Duquesne, Northeastern, they both put up a lot of shots. They're not necessarily the best quality looks. Yep. They're not necessarily going to fall, but they're going to put a lot of them up. They sure are. I definitely have a, a hard time predicting this one, but we'll see uh, We'll see where we go with this one on the, on the bracket. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the other local team, though. Colorado, and then... Oh, no, I guess let's do Southern Illinois, and then we can kind of get into CU okay. and move on to the bracket. But Southern Illinois... Maybe a sneaky draw for the for the buffs in terms of how tough this one could be. Ken Palm has them ranked uh, 135th, which mm-hmm. isn't phenomenal. Phenomenal. Oh my god, I'm getting tongue tied. Yeah, you are. But it's respectable. <laughs> I'm just gonna move on. Just you can't do it. Just move on. Yep. Mm, they uh, what they 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 play with four guards. They want to spread you out. Um, po- fairly positionless team. Kind of. I mean. Really, that's the Similar way college to basketball is exactly. And CSU. Exactly. I mean, like, what but, is Roddy? Is he a power forward? Is he a stretch three? Is he a guard? He just fixes whatever you need. Just put him right there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they 
they have a point guard, Lance Jones. He's He's been solid. He's putting up 20 points a game so far. Also has five turnovers per game with two and a half assists. So, the, so there's some struggles there too. You know, they're a team that doesn't have a real big man. I think that against Colorado, that's a very long team. That would be something that I would look to if, if I'm Colorado and say this is why we think we win. Um, the thing about Lance Jones, and, and I'm glad that you brought up the turnovers, It he there's so much responsibility on him individually to create for that offense. I think some of it is a product of he just gets way more touches than everybody. His yep. usage rate is through the roof. So it's one of those where it's like, yeah, he's turning it over a little bit too much, but he's also the only guy out there creating for his team. Exactly. It's just a super thin roster more than anything. They just don't have a lot of depth. And at some point that's going to get him. The, the other, the other name worth knowing, I guess, Marcus Domask. Just the six foot six, do it all. He was like the conference freshman of the year. Missed a lot of last year with an injury, but he, he can shoot, he can pass, he can defend. And again, those are those are the players that can win you games in, in these sorts of tournaments. One of the things that really stood out to me in Southern Illinois and kind of diving into the numbers, they don't they don't create any turnovers on defense. Huh. They don't give themselves a lot of opportunities, which when you're a team that doesn't have a ton of size. I feel like just getting those steals and, and getting, you know, transition opportunities and just the quick buckets where you don't give the other team a chance to set up in the half court, especially a team like CU who, you know, they're going to have more length than you. Mm-hmm. I think that's a big factor. You know, what stands out to you about CU? Obviously, you put that they've got, they do have length. That's one of their strengths. Yeah. Do you feel good about this matchup going in? I do. I do feel good about it. Um, again, just because I feel like there's a lot of ways they can go. Like, so, so we talked about the length. So what? They've got... Uh, Evan Batty, who isn't all that long at center, but he's more of just like that rock kind of guy, 6'8", 6'9". And when you're going up against a team with Southern Illinois that doesn't have a 7-footer, you don't really worry about that aspect. But then from there on down, you've got Jabari Walker who can jump. You've got Tristan DeSilva, who's 6'10", playing the 3. There's going to be mismatches in this game, and it just comes down to taking advantage of them. And obviously, we highlighted Keyshawn Bartholomew here. That's because he's putting up over 20 points per game. He's doing it incredibly efficiently. I think he's 5 of 7 from 3 so far. And this is the tournament where you start to see, is this for real? Or is this because he's your point guard? And so you get the ball up the court. And the first thing he's going to look at is, can I score here? And when you're playing Montana State and you're playing New Mexico and you're playing Maine, the answer is yes. Southern Illinois, I think that the answer is still probably yes. You get to Creighton, CSU, those are the questions. Because for Colorado, as soon as this is over, they have uh, they have a home game against Stanford, which is not a good basketball team. But then they're at UCLA, and then they've got Tennessee. So this is kind of, with the young team, is Keyshawn really that, that lead scorer who's going to draw that much attention? It's probably the first thing I'm looking at. I think this is a big prove-it opportunity, really, for CSU and CU yeah. as a whole. I mean, I think there's probably... I mean, Kempom favors CU right now, but I think CSU, just because of what they did against Oral Roberts, you know, they've kind of been in the national spotlight a little bit. I think that both of these teams are respected. I just kind of think it's an opportunity for to prove themselves. And beyond that, you know, you mentioned the the schedule coming out of it. CSU, same way. I mean, they got UNC coming, who's deceptively, I think they're a tournament team. They're a really Mm -hmm. good offensive team. They added a ton of talent. Then they got to go... They still got to play St. Mary's. They got to play Mississippi State and Alabama. Like these schedules aren't getting easier easier for either of these local teams. And I think this is just a great opportunity in a competitive setting to try and kind of iron out some of the wrinkles. You know, you you yep. played a couple of games early here. Now you get to experience that tournament setting. You know, like a conference tournament where you know you got to play three games in mm-hmm. four days. How do you handle it? How do you work through it if the if the buckets aren't falling? 
and for Colorado, you have to play outside of your own gym. Like 10, what was it? I think they have the two seniors. Everybody else is a freshman or sophomore. The sophomores traveled a little bit last year, but never with a crowd anywhere. The freshmen, obviously, this is their first time through. And when 10 of your 12 scholarship players have never played in front of a road crowd before, you're not really going to get that environment here, but at least you're playing in somebody else's gym, not shooting where you're used to be shooting. And so that's going to be a big test here too. When you're, you know, you're on national TV, how do you handle the, mm -hmm. just the pressure of the moment? I know it's ESPN three. It's not like <laughs> national internet. Hey, <laughs> it's easily accessible, which with yep. some of these tournaments, that's actually a problem. You know, when it's when it's like flow hoops or something like that. I don't want to have to pay $30 to watch two days worth of basketball. Flow Hoops is the worst. Flow Hoops is the worst. Bang, bang. Shots fired. Yeah. We mean it. No apologies. Nope. Be better. I, I like that, you know, it's an opportunity for games to be accessible that weren't otherwise on TV, but mm -hmm. we're young. We're not paying for that type of stuff. Exactly. Uh, Want to hit these power rankings? Let's do it. We've, we've already kind of dove into these teams a little bit, but this is just to kind of give you an idea of where we're at in terms of, you know, power rankings are pretty self-explanatory. They I are. explain power rankings. Sorry. Anyways, <laughs> Hank, you go first. You brought it up. How do you want to do this? Do you just want to go one through eight? Let's just go one through eight. Okay. Uh, so I've got uh, Colorado number one. I just think that they're so explosive. They've got so much talent. I think that the length plays their advantage, especially in this field. Um, and I do think that they're the best team here. I've got Colorado State second. Again, just so explosive offensively. Um, a veteran team. I think that that's, that's the kind of thing that honestly scares me the most when somebody plays Colorado is just if they're experienced. Uh, from there, it's Creighton. A lot of question marks still, but you just know that it's Creighton. And the difference between a program like that and basically the rest of the field, I, I think that's where the drop-off is, is after number three. Um, from there, I've got Bradley. Honestly, you could make a lot of cases for a lot of these teams to be in whatever order. Um, I think one through three are fairly arguable, and then four through six as well. I, seven and eight, I think, you know, <laughs> think those so are the too. worst two teams in the tournament. I mean, one of them's probably going to win now, now that we've dogged on them this much. but <laughs> For sure. Uh, but yeah, Bradley, what, they, they just have such a weird year last year. I, I can just see the upside. They're, they brought in the JUCO National Player of the Year. They at least have a little bit of juice there. Um, Southern Illinois, I put them up next. We talked about them quite a bit, but just the the switchability. They've got a veteran point guard. Um, I like it. Then they've got some young talent too. Um, but then you get to uh, number six, Northeastern, um, and and things really. That's Brown, but oh, is it? Yeah. Oh yeah, it is Brown right there. Okay, cool. Uh, number six, Brown. Um, Again, they're they're missing their best player, so that takes them out of the conversation for a couple of spots ahead. Um, and honestly, the difference between seven and eight and Brown to me was just that they had that game against North Carolina. Don't want to put too much stock into it, but I mean, it's either that or the forty nine forty eight win over Boston University for Northeastern. Um, Northeastern did come in uh, seventh there. Again, these bottom two teams just can't really compete it will be kind of a fun matchup though just because northeastern is all about shooting the three and not letting other teams shoot threes meanwhile duquesne shoots fewer threes than just about anybody and so like are they just gonna be cool with that it'll, it'll still be fun it'll be a close game but they are at the bottom mine are similar um or <laughs> our home team allegiance is showing here but I mean, I think there's a logical argument for any of these teams in the top three as the top spot. So mm -hmm. 
come at us. I can I can justify these takes, but I've got CSU at one in, in my power rankings, and you know I just I think part of it is they are the most experienced team mm-hmm. in this tournament. Um, you know they they're coming off of an NIT semifinals appearance. I just I like that experience, especially in a setting where you've got to play a couple of games. It's short turnarounds. You know I don't see the emotion getting the most of CSU mm-hmm. at any point, and just the offensive firepower. I think with the ability to get hot at any moment, I. You know, outside of Creighton, I have a hard time seeing any of these teams really keep up, keeping up with CSU on the offensive end. Uh, mm-hmm. We can kind of debate that with CU. I've got Creighton second only because I just, I think Nemhard might be like one of the, if he's not the best, one of the top two or three players in this whole tournament. That barely gave him the edge for me over CU. I do like CU's length. I think they could make it interesting for a lot of teams. I'm higher on Brown, if you if you can't tell at this point. I just think their ability to knock down threes, I like their experience. I think they play smart basketball, and I think they're well-coached. I, I got them at four just ahead of Bradley. Bradley's a hard team for me to gauge just based on like the numbers versus what I see that when I watch them don't really add up. So I got them at five. You know, I really think four or five are, are fairly flippable. Southern Illinois at six, and then, again, we've got the same teams rounding out our power rankings. I've got Northeastern 7th and Duquesne 8th. We're we're just begging for one of those Duquesne or, or Northeastern teams to get hot at the right moment. I but know. based on everything I've seen, I just I'm I'm going to have to see it before I believe it, you know. I, I I just don't believe in those teams. This is where I'm at. Because of this, I've got CSU first, you've got CU first. Logic would say we both assume that both of these teams are going to reach the the finals so let's fill out these brackets let's see kind of like how this is going to shape up yeah this will be fun um you know i guess we should probably start at the top here and and i can uh i can do my bracket first but that first game bradley csu again i do think that there's some upset potential here but you you just can't be picking cs or bradley in in this matchup just because of the talent differential the experience all that kind of stuff length might cause some problems the rebounding might cause some problems not enough problems. I've got CSU moving on. Um, and then uh, we, we get to uh, Creighton. Again, Creighton is just too much better. They're, they're so explosive. And I absolutely could see them falling apart. You know, Nemhard's really good. Also a freshman. He's also a never... Point. I don't know if... Has he played a road game yet? Potentially. No. Well, I don't remember where the Nebraska game was. If that was oh, a that neutral was on the road. That was on the road. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he has. But yeah. You know, it's still just kind of unpredictable. I'm still going to take Creighton. Um, and I'm going to go Duquesne here. It was a tough one, but... DeQuesna. DeQuesna. Um, Northeastern, again, like I said, they shoot a lot of threes. It's what they're all about. You're you're in the islands. Things are going to be different. You're gonna, I don't know what this gym is like, but I have a feeling it's going to be very different than any other gyms that you see. So I'm glad you actually brought that up because I've talked to some people that have played in this and they've said okay. it's a very shooters friendly, like, you know, there's oh. not any weird light or yeah. anything like that. They, it's good sight lines and potentially, you know, some, some offensive games, hopefully like nobody yeah. wants, nobody wants a 49, 48 Boston game. Looking at you, Northeastern, I'm going Duquesne, even though just cause I don't think they're going to be able to score all that much. And it's more fun to say. It is. It is more fun to say. Of all the directional schools, I'd say Northeastern is the most irrelevant i guess i only know is there a southwestern there's a southern university i don't are they all amongst the same thing like is northeastern connected to northwestern are they a part of the same i don't think they are i think they do have some similarities though 
I don't. Do they? I don't know. Are they both? They might. No, they're not religious schools. I think there's private schools. schools, Private schools. Yeah. yeah. And then I'm gonna go. uh, I'm gonna go Colorado here at the bottom. Uh, The next round, you know, CSU Creighton is going to be a lot of fun. It's unfortunate Um, that. Well, I mean, I guess in an eight-team field, you, you know, you're gonna have to beat a good team fairly early. But yeah, I definitely prefer CU side of the bracket. Yeah, that's all I'll say. CSU's, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna go Colorado State here again, just because they have the experience. I think that's gonna be easier for them to to make something happen. Um, so they're gonna move along. Uh, note one to the left there, yeah, here. Uh, yep. And then uh, I'm going to say CU beats Duquesne. Again, you just love the way this side of the bracket I mean, yeah, up. whoever advances out of that one. I think Southern Illinois would worry me as a CU fan significantly more than sure. Northeastern or Duquesne would. For sure. Absolutely. And then here, again, this is this is what we've all been hoping for, right? Like, this is why they're not playing this season is because it could happen right here. That's one explanation. Hopefully it does. Hopefully it does happen. That's what... Uh, that's what we're hoping for. I mean, that's why we're doing this show is because hopefully on Monday. <laughs> no, it's true. Right I mean, I, I certainly hope it comes together. I will say these two teams should be playing locally every year on the hoop side. That there's there's no football you, argument uh, where there's less value for CU in this matchup. So so you would have them potentially play here and have another game yeah, scheduled. Because it's not okay. guaranteed. It is true, it's not guaranteed. Yeah, it's just such a tough situation. I get it. Like I understand the logic of not twice, wanting to though. play it twice, yeah. especially I mean, and again, I'm not saying CU's running from CSU per se, mm-hmm. but you're looking at this roster, you know, a top 25 team. You're this thinking, is the year CSU would want to play Like, him. would we really want to play them twice? Like, probably not. Huh. Based on everything I've been told from the CSU side, they did want to play in the regular season. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, this is the year CSU would want them. Yeah. This is them at their peak. These are a bunch of veteran players. No, exactly. Kind of like, like CU was last year. Yeah, it's it's programs in different positions, so I'm not, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not trying to take shots. I get the logic. If I'm Tad Boyle, am I like... Do I want to play CSU twice? No. Yep. I do think uh, I do have Colorado winning this one, though. I just think the the rebounding, the rebounding. They they've been blowing teams out on the boards. And again, they're not playing teams as good as Colorado State is. But I mean, there's when you're out rebounded team by thirty points, it's, it's tough to to well, say it's significant. It's, it's not tough. Go up. And then it's tough to lose if you out rebound a team that many times. Exactly. And Tad said after the game, like you're not gonna have this happen all the time. We just need this effort and will be just fine. And I do think that length is just going to make it tough enough for CSU offensively. I think they're explosive enough that CU can can take them off there. And then I, I think that the rebounding kind of swings things just because they do have that length. I like it. I like. I think your logic makes sense. <laughs> I like the CSU floating over my head. I am CSU. Um, <laughs> my bracket's going to be very similar. It's going to be a different outcome, a shocker, but pretty similarly. I've got CSU beating Bradley in the first round. Um, I also have CU beating Southern Illinois. I also have Creighton beating Brown, although I am, you know, that one makes mm-hmm. me nervous. If, if there is an upset, I think that's the best opportunity. I'm going Northeastern over Duquesne. It, it's not that I'm, you know, overly confident <laughs> in them or anything like that. But you got to fill out the bracket. Someone has to win that game. There can't be a tie, unlike the NFL. Um Man, this CSU Creighton matchup is going to be really interesting because this is going to be by far the the hardest game that CSU will have played, assuming they are able to assume you know, assuming they are able to get through Bradley. Don't want to, you know, mm-hmm. write these checks too early it's here. Dangerous, but I like the Rams in it. I just I like their experience. I think they've been 
kind of building towards this moment for three years now in terms of just each year they've gotten a little bit better. You know, you go down, you play at Duke, you know, you win a game at Viejas. It's just this has been the upward trajectory and it, it, we're finally kind of reaching that point where the expectations and the results are, are going to align. So I'm going with CSU to pick up the biggest win. I don't know. That upset over San Diego State was pretty big, but I'll call it at least now the biggest win of the Nico Medved era okay. over Creighton. I got CU beating Northeastern. They're just, they're more talented. I don't care that they're, you know, less experienced. It's just sometimes being a better basketball player is all that matters. And CU's got more of them. You know, I'm going with the Rams in the championship. I I just, I can't take CU against them. I like the experience. You know, I think the Rams want it bad. I think they're more probably they've been in the rivalry. Exactly. I just, you know, I think they understand it. And in, in 2019, CSU got embarrassed in that game. It was in Fort Collins. It was at Moby Arena. Until the Oral Roberts opener this year, that was like the only really electric crowd that CSU had had under Nico Medved, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, coming out of the Eustace era. There just wasn't a lot of excitement. They did get a couple of decent crowds at conference play, but CU, they came out and they punched him in the mouth. I think, you know, Roddy Stevens, Thistlewood, Moore, Tanjay Thomas, all those yeah. guys were in that game. All of them remember. Yep. All of them are annoyed that they're not playing this year. And I, I <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It's just how it works out with the local team. We've got a comment from Eric Weedham. So this is crazy. Justin thinks CSU will win. Hank thinks CU will win. <laughs> we were joking about this before. I, That's I why really, we're here. Oh, yeah. Because hopefully they're both in championships. Sunday night we'll be talking well, all about realistic, it. right? This isn't like a oh, situation yeah. where we're filling out teams. our March Madness bracket and we're like, well... If CSU pulls the crazy upset here and then CU survives this, yep. then maybe they get together in Sweet 16. Yep. I think we should expect both of these teams to reach the championship, and that's with all due respect to Creighton. Mm-hmm. I just think CSU's better. And I think uh, we we only filled out the winner's side of the bracket because who cares about the, losers? Yeah, there would have been a lot more disparity probably For on the sure. other side. And so just the way it works, though, every team will play three games, and so you wind up with a first-place game, third-place, fifth-place, and seventh-place and so even if things don't work out that way, if there's like a doomsday scenario, they could still hit each other. Um, and regardless, there's going to be plenty of basketball to watch for the next four or five days. Oh, man. We, uh, we're really opening ourselves up with the, the Homer criticisms here, but Duh. I genuinely am like, these are the best teams. I'm trusting Ken Palm. If, <laughs> call Ken Palm a Homer, not us. Yeah. He's from Utah, too, so he's got no reason to favor either of these teams. Plus, what are you going to say about... Good. Brown and Bradley and they're, they're just Brown they're just fan. not that kind of Future. team. I mean, I know they're in Ivy League school, so it's mm-hmm. <laughs> me a CSU graduate taking shots at Brown, <laughs> but it's Brown. It's Brown. Brown. Exactly. Brown. Doesn't oh. sound great. Let's see. What do we have up next here? Just oh. like anything else we want to hit on these teams, really. I mean, this is we're just kind of, you know, setting the scene for mm-hmm. Ken Palm a while grad. So again, Oh really? Well, maybe maybe favor CU a little bit higher. Maybe. Yeah, we do. Have, we do have our goals to, to dive into. Shout out to our main man Yahir keeping us on schedule. Oh yeah. This is the problem when Henry and I do content together is we're just bros. So like, once we get sidetracked, it's it's gonna end up down a, a massive <laughs> hole. Dre has to deal with this on the NFL Draft podcast every week, where he's just like, for the love of God, Justin and Hank. Stay I was, focused. I was thinking about putting CSU like number six in my power rankings. Just to troll. Just to make you mad. Just to see what would happen. I was just like got up and walked off stage. Flipped gonna, the DNVR. Yeah, we'll get there. There's a lot that we're going to be building on over the next few days. No, but I think if you want to call us homers for saying CSU and CU should win this respectively, you also have to make the nod of the 
the integrity with predicting the other team, the rival, to also make the championship. We're showing, you know, credit where it's due. Real recognizes real. Both of these teams are good. Both of these teams should have a really good chance to make the... And so is Creighton, which is just hilarious. Creighton's really good, too. Side. They're just sandwiched in between. <laughs> we don't have a lot of Nebraskans listening. If, if you are, our apologies. I like Creighton. They're one of the mid-majors I root for, for huh. somewhere in middle America, quoting my main man, John Rothstein. Uh-huh. Creighton, nice little that powerhouse. Um, it is John Rothstein season, isn't it? We sleep in May, baby. We should hit these goals. Let's get these goals. What are your goals for CU in this tournament? Uh, So first one, you just got to stay hot from deep. This is so far, I mean, it's early. It's been three games, but it is very easily the best three-point shooting team in the Pac-12. They're, they're at like 46%. Nobody else is at 41%. What volume is that at, though? Like, uh, actually, up- it went way down in the last game. It went way down in the last game. I think they only. I think they were like seven of fourteen. I think they might have been seven of twelve in the last game. See, Before that, that, they were shooting that's, more. I'm okay with like that. That shows yep. you're taking quality shots. You're not just letting it, you know, rain from three all day. You're you're taking them when they're open and open. Mm-hmm. You're taking them when they're in rhythm. Yeah, and you know, Evan Batty hasn't missed yet. Uh, Keyshawn Bartholomew, I think, is five of seven. He's looking incredible. You just gotta keep it going because again, this is three games. And in three games, you can't be saying anything about what a team is good at just because it is it is such a small sample size and maybe shooting less so than some other stats, but it is true that they didn't play the toughest competition in those first few games. Um, Are you worried about that at all, that they haven't been battle-tested by any like legitimate talent at this point? I mean, it, it definitely makes things tougher because you, you now have to play better teams starting this week but also we knew the circumstances for this team and if i'm building the schedule like i was talking with some of the other bus reporters that main game that's that's a bottom 20 division one team according to ken palm you schedule that game right before paradise jam so that regardless of what happens in those first two games you're coming off a 40 point win and and that's what they did and i think that that is where you want those games build through this and then you have a couple of conference games you got tennessee and then you get Eastern Washington. You get another easy one before Kansas comes to town. It reminds me of the, the quote from Adam Sandler in The Longest Yard where he's like, you know, you schedule some cupcake, beat the living shit out of them, get your confidence <laughs> up. That's <laughs> exactly. what the Bucks did by beating Maine at home and, and kind of rebounding after. I mean, I don't want to say shaky. Well, I mean, Montana State kind of taking them to the wire, but mm-hmm. you survived it, right? You didn't, exactly. you didn't lose at home and then, you know, emergency avoided. Yeah, I'm not... I'm not too concerned about these things right now. Um, just that three-point shooting. Can it keep up? And as soon as... I don't know when, when you say, okay, this is for real. But if they do it for three more games against these teams at Paradise Jam, I say, yeah, this is probably is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the conference. Um, second goal was... Win the win the battle for oh, the boards. Yeah, that's the other thing. They've, they've been winning the rebo- rebounding battle every game pretty significantly and you have the length like really for for this it's just if you're not it's probably coming down to effort well and they had their backup point guard kj simpson a freshman put up eight rebounds against new mexico that's great so they've got those guys dominique clifford off the bench is tearing up the glass and so you just have all these guys who can go get the ball and now they're doing it again these are just the things that we've seen so far and so you just want to continue we'll wrap up make your free throws um the free throw shooting is coming gone, but they've shot a lot of free throws so far this season. Um, I think at one point in that last game, they were eight of 15 from the free throw line, Eesh. just a waste. 
And they were historically great free throw shooting team last year. I mean, CSU they were. and CU both were, but... They were. And then they went on to make, like... I think they finished with 23 makes, uh, and they missed one more. or No, a walk-on missed two at the end to kind of <laughs> to kind of botch the stat again. But, but yeah, you just... Again, there's, there's a little question mark right there. You want to see things get just nice and sharp there because you do draw a lot of fouls. Jabari Walker draws a lot of fouls. Evan Batty draws a lot of fouls. Can also take some fouls. Um, Tristan De Silva, six foot ten, playing the three, draws some fouls. Gotta be able to convert when that happens. Take advantage. That's interesting though that they're shooting threes at a high rate and also drawing a lot of fouls. I mean, that's a that's a positive indication of their offensive potential. There's a lot of good things that are happening. There's definitely a lot of good things that are happening. There's a lot of CSU fans hearing you uh, ramble off some of these names and just thinking, what if? Yeah, Dominique Clifford, <laughs> yeah. Lawson Lovering, those were both big CSU targets. Uh, both. Really quote good unquote potentially players. considered CSU highly. It's who knows, you know, recruiting's a wonky, wonky thing. But I think it's fun when you have some of those local guys that are both heavily recruited. It makes these type of matchups intriguing. You know, if you're the CSU staff, you're thinking like, well, we want to show you, you know, for sure. Um, and I guess last note, I'll throw this out there. The buffs have shot hundred free throws through three games. Yeah. You're going to win a lot. If you keep that up, you are, and you won't because well, if you, you don't get, have something that you knock them down, there is that part too, <laughs> but you got to be able to convert. Just convert. Score your points. They're free. They are free after all. They are free. All right, let's get into CSU's strengths, which, you know, there's there's a lot of different ones. It's just a very experienced roster, but these are just kind of my goals, and, and I want to see them shoot 40% as a team from three-point range in this one. They have a lot of good shooters. They're certainly capable of it. They actually have not been putting up a high volume of three-point shots. A lot of their production has been coming in the paint, and that's good because CSU... You know, they have the guys to beat you from three. Last year, at times, they couldn't really score in the paint. This year, I think that's been a real big point of emphasis. I just want them to be shooting high-quality threes. I don't care if they necessarily are hitting 15 of them a game. You know, you can go 6-12 one game. It is what it is, as long as you're creating high-quality opportunities. Shoot 40% from three. The offense is going to be doing good. Defensively, it's been the big question mark coming into this year is can the Rams take it to the next level? Can they be a top-50 team defensively in terms of efficiency? They flirted with it at moments last year under Medved, but they lacked the consistency. Hmm. So far this year, they have been really great on defense, and it's really made an impact. I think if you hold your opponents to 75 or fewer points in every game you play, you are going to win because I just don't see CSU scoring less than that. Yep. I mean, you never know. Maybe you get in a, a defensive battle or something like that against a, a team like Creighton. But if you hold Creighton to 75 or fewer, you're going to have a great chance to win that game. Again, don't want to discount Bradley, but, you know, we're, we're feeling confident, and so I'm going to approach this as such. Lastly, average less than 10 turnovers per game. They have veterans. They're experienced in the system. There's no excuses for CSU to be turning the ball over, to be playing sloppy. They looked a little bit lethargic on Sunday. They're playing an NAIA team. I get it. Peru State is exactly Max Aismas and Oral Roberts. I just want to see them come out with an attention to detail, and I, I do think this is a tournament that CSU feels very confidently going in, but I want to see, like, does the efficiency, does the production, does it line up with that confidence, or do we see them come out and, you know, I don't know, play on their heels a little bit, mm-hmm. or, you know, sometimes the moment could get too big. I don't expect it for this veteran roster, but just play efficiently, and you should be fine in this tournament. Definitely. Definitely. All right, man. It's going to be fun. Like I said, we will be back Friday night after the dnvr nuggets post game directly after so if you're a nuggets fan just stay on stay on the youtube channel we got our main man eric weedham 
commenting the Colorado container, which is a, a fictional trophy. He really wants award. it to be real. Let's can we get a Colorado container designed by DNVR that mm-hmm. me and you pass back and forth? I'm down. I could pass that back and forth. Well, I mean, if I ever needed to pass it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shots fired. I can't wait to beat the bus. Anyways, I'm Justin Michael. My main man, Henry Chisholm, will be back Friday night, Sunday, and hopefully Monday previewing a championship as well. It's going to be a blast. This is Paradise, the Paradise Jam. It's going to be a blast. Really looking forward to it. Hank, cheers, my friend. Cheers. first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com ah mmm the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.